crap. Hey everybody, welcome to Beyond the Paranormal Podcast. <laughs> and it's another Tuesday, another Tuesday. And we have an awesome guest lined out for each and every single one of you guys and gals. But first, I want to introduce you to my co-host as always. Down at the bottom left-hand screen, who do you have here? Is that one me? Hi, <laughs> She's sick, folks. She's got the Rona. So we're on here on the video. That's not going to... We're all good. She's home. And up here in the right-hand corner, I've got my sis. Hey, howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> Gets Curtina, folks. She didn't say her name. It's all right. Yeah, well, yeah. Pretty, pretty creep show is usually what I go by Oh, creep on creep social show. media. So, yeah. And our guest this evening is Mr. Christopher St. Booth. He is the CEO of Spook Productions, author and musician. Man, he's done all kinds of things. He's a production designer of films, TV, and documentaries for Sci-Fi Channel, Universal, and Sony. And, man, he's done all kinds of things. These films, such as Dead Steel, Children of the Grave, The Attached, Spook, The Ghost of Waverly Hill Sanatorium, The Possessed, and The Haunted Boy, The Secret Diary of the Exorcist. And uh, I first got into... Uh, the Booth Brothers and their documentaries in was it 2006 when Spook the Ghost of Waverly Hill Sanatorium came out. But I've known Christopher for a while, a very, very, very long time. Scarefest, stuff like that. I've met him moodles of time and always a down-to-earth guy to talk to. So, Christopher, man, welcome to the podcast. And how you doing? I'm great. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm checking out your names, John the Boo. The John the Bod. Is it the Bod? That's right, the, the Bod Father. Okay, and pretty creep show. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, wow. and I'm then just playing on you, you you look great when you're sick. So keep being that way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, she's just Rihanna. That's all, just Rihanna. Oh, she looks beautiful. Makes me wish oh, I would have worn my makeup now. <laughs> I tell her that all the time. She just shuts me up. She's like, "Shut up." <laughs> just kidding, man. So. Let's talk about this a little bit. You're still a musician, still to this day. But but what made you want to go into film and directing? What what perse- what per- persuaded you to go that route? Possibly, uh, money, <laughs> um, and also as an artist, I'm not just like um, started out as a musician. I've been doing it pretty much my whole life. I still do. I'm. Not, I do all the scores to our films, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm actually doing a surround design for our new horror movie. Um, but I get bored and I don't really do anything else except for create. So I jump from, you know, that to photography and that to, you know, doing music and, and then doing, you know, all kinds of stuff. So as long as it's in the creative, you know, concept, I just, you know, I, I still do it, but I don't get as bored because I, you know, I spend so much time doing it. I go like, oh, let's throw that to the fucking window. I can't stand it anymore, you know, yeah. because it's overwhelmed. But I found that like over here on this side, you can't really see. But I have a editing bay here and then over here is music and mixing here. And then I just kind of go around and do it all. And that keeps me kind of like <laughs> excited about what I do, you know. I thought it was really cool that you put it up on Facebook just a minute ago with that video. I've shown about the 5.1 sound and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. Really, really cool. I said, I yeah, know. it's really cool because yeah. I, I don't want to get all boring and geeky, but I mean, especially with today's age, I mean, it's crazy how you can do like face swap on a phone, but you try to do that in post-production and, and it's 
takes forever and it costs an incredible amount of money, but on a phone it takes two seconds to do. Yep. And so they're slowly moving that kind of technology over to, you know, the big boy stuff. And then what I was showing today is how you can literally draw where you want the sound to go sitting in a room, you know, whether it's five to one, seven to one or nine to one, you can draw it where it will go. And that's really cool because then it, it's another flavor of obviously art where you can actually make people, you know, feel something differently or draw them, draw them in. And I'm into that stuff. So, yeah. Thank you. See, just like you, man, I, I, I'm a software geek because I'm always in my podcast. I'm always trying to better my podcast. I feel like once you stop and you get stale, you're, you're left behind. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm always trying to grow and figure out what sound or what I can do better for my podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just like you, man. I keep doing it. Yeah, I just love technology. It's great. You know, um, you know, there's good things and bad things to it. You know, it's hurt them movie business it's hurt the music business unfortunately streaming has really hurt um musicians and films really um there's no more dvd no more cd really and um that's how a lot of them used to make money and now they've pulled that away and then streaming unless you're like a, a very huge artist you know uh beginning musicians are just getting not even a, a cup of coffee a day that it will pay for. So, you know, um, it's really cool to have everything, you know, on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music, but the, the point is that none of them really pay very well unless you're a very big artist and you have to stream, you know, 14 to 20 million streams to even make, an, make a living. So it's been very hard for people that are just starting out because why would you go buy thousands of dollars starting of equipment and you want to even even make that back, you know? Yeah. And so you got to do it for love. Um, luckily for us, we've done very well, but I feel, you know, bad for people that are just starting out now because it's really tough. It's hard. The one thing about me where I do two podcasts, especially my musical for Bod's Mayhem Hour, if somebody sends me a, a a single or something to, to view and listen to, I'll go listen to them on Spotify and then I'll either buy the whole MP3 album or buy the physical album if I can. Mm -hmm. I'm always collecting CDs, man. That's never going to change for me until they actually stop making them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just came out with a CD and it did really well. It was number 10 on Apple Music. I released it actually last year in June mm -hmm. um, called Elysium. And, um, that was great, but a lot of people say, I don't have a CD player on it. Don't have a, you know, some of the movies we make, we don't have DVD players anymore. They need to stream it. So then you've got to succumb to an aggregator to get the streaming set up. And then you've got to hope that they're going to pay you, you yeah. know. So it's, 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 uh, thank God I love to do what I do, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You got to adapt, man. You got to adapt. Uh, Crit and Rihanna just, Hop in here when you got a question. Don't let me take over. Just because I'm the host, it don't mean nothing. You guys hop in here. Well, something for me that I was thinking about earlier when I was kind of doing a little bit of research and stuff, I was I was curious, Christopher, like what some of your musical influences are. You know, like what's inspired you over time. Oh, um, I mean, oh, I mean, Beatles were everything to me. The Beatles. I mean, George Harrison coat right here. Um, Beatles with everything to me. I grew up on the Beatles and it was 
Well, I just got to see Get Back on the Disney Channel, which was very long, but very fascinating, very long. Mm -hmm. They ate a lot of toast, I noticed, and drank a lot of tea. <laughs> but um, the Beatles got me there, and then um, David Bowie. I was very much into David Bowie and the British yeah. Culture Club, George Michael, very much into that. I became a singer. Um, I replaced um, uh, a big singer in Canada named Brian Adams. He was in a band called Sweeney Todd, and Nick Gilder was the first singer who did Hot Child in the City and all those stuff in America. And when he left, Brian Adams took his place, and then Brian Adams actually got fired out of the band, and I replaced Brian Adams. So and Brian Adams is Brian Adams today. So that's where it started, and then I went to Los Angeles, um, you know, and we were Motley Crue at that time. We were a hair band. Um, so I was very much into, you know, ACDC, the old ACDC, and U2, and Peter Gabriel, and all that. And then, of course, I started doing soundtracks, because actually I made, made a good living doing it. I've done probably 112 soundtracks now. And I made a good living in publishing. And, and so I was influenced by world music a lot. You know, um, Peter Gabriel's label, Real World Records, who does a lot of you know, artists all around the world. And I, I don't like to be, you know, um, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus out. I, it's too boring for me. So music and films really made it, you know, um, cool experimental music. And of course, I even like dance music. Uh, a lot of the new electronic dance music, um, some of its the keyboard sounds are fabulous. You know, really the dark sounds. So I'm, I'm into, inspired by everything. And so I just do what I want and lay it down, and it seems to be working. You know, I'm, it's very, it has to have a melody, though. I have to have a melody in the film, in the song. It doesn't matter what song it is, whether it's rap or, you know, even country. You've just got to have a melody, and then I, I'll like it. Yeah. yeah, music really does influence too. You know, like the films and stuff that we're watching. So, like having those scores that, you know, are created with such passion like i think that really influences the overall quality of the movie for sure well yeah i mean you know i was just uh, the other night uh, when i was uh, we were i was uh, with my girlfriend dancing we uh, i had mentioned that you know when you're trying to play some of the old great which i mean you know great culture club songs and human league songs and you know really great songs but the technology and the sound, they don't have that bass, like the new technology, because, you know, everything's five to one and surround, and, and it's really technology. And so I spend quite a bit of time and money in the studio here um, making the sound, the top sound you can get. So in a movie, you can, it will knock, you know, you over. It'll sound pristine and sound great, and, and you know, the emotion will be there, and and then the sphere will be there and then the subs will be there. And I think it's important and I'm very happy how technology has come in, in uh, video as well as audio because the cameras we use to film now are 12K, which, uh, you know, is, is, I'm sorry, 12-bit, 12-bit K. They're 12-bit, uh, 4 to 8K, and the, the oh. dynamic range is overwhelming. And dynamic range, all that really means is that you can see more colors that would just fade into the, you know, the color spectrum. So the blacker has more 
different levels of black so you can really make it clean and precise. And then same with sound and we're very much into that. We keep our technology in um, our films and documentaries we do. Folks, uh, for the ones out there watching and listening, if you want any, uh, well, should, see here I go again, Korean, I'm all over the place. If you have any questions for Christopher or for us, please put them in the chat and we will relay them to Christopher. Or if you have any questions for us, we'll answer them as well. Um, and now, too, with music, it's it's very easy to record versus, say, back in the day, you had to use like two inch tape and now you just go and, and record off your computer and Pro Tools and things like that. And you're done. <laughs> I enjoyed using two-inch tape. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of people do. You know, I really did. I mean, Phil, my brother, he, he actually learned how to edit the old way where you cut tape and splice yeah. it together. You're now it's just all, you know, um, computer. But I did like tape because tape sounds warmer. It sounds mm -hmm. fatter. You know, yeah. It sounds uh, more romantic. It doesn't sound so harsh and Unfortunately, when you're streaming in your MP3, it sounds so harsh. But I mean that you know we we spend more time in plugins on pro play on Pro Tools behind me that says analog sound. <laughs> Put your analog sound back into digital, and and the icons look like tape. You know, so yeah. That's like the Queen song, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, there's a guy who dropped an iron outside, and and the tape picked it up when I was recording it. So they just said, screw it, just leave it in there and go on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Back in the day, it's either you like it or you don't cut it and hopefully don't take out what you just did, you know, and and it's perfect. But don't, not lots of times it wasn't. You're screwed. <laughs> Brianna, you got anything? No, I'm just listening. <laughs> She's her. You've got to have a question for me, darling. Come on. You've got to. <laughs> She'll hop in. Um, I was just waiting for you to get to the spooky stuff, and um, I was letting you talk about your music and stuff. We're going to so, get into that. We'll definitely get into yeah. that for sure. Uh, during this pandemic, though, Christopher, ha has it allowed you to create more music or ponder on coming up on working on new documentaries that you want to work on down the road? Yes, it has, actually. I mean, um, I've been doing this for a long time and, um, and, uh, every now and then I take breaks in between the films because, you know, you need to, um, rest and get creatively energized again, you know, and also the paranormal, um, especially some of the things you do, um, drain you, take a lot yes. out of you. Um, we've always, you know, it's funny you should mention it is like in a sense of, um, we try to put our film production music and our quality of film into what we do in the paranormal so that it it's treated to me more respectfully than just another bad reality TV show. Mm. Um, yeah. Imagine if Ridley Scott was doing a great ghost story or something. You know? I, I just think that is at least where I want to be. So um, in, in that sense, um, the, the spooky stuff is something that happened when we were filming a horror movie for Sony Pictures down at Waverly. And uh, when we were filming it down there, it was really haunted. Mm -hmm. So we were down there to make a story about Waverly Sanatorium, what really happened there, which actually wasn't the original story. It ended up being that way when we found out what happened. You know, the other producer was doing some kind of a art heist movie and they were using Waverly as an art museum. 
And then when we went down there and found out what really happened there, the story changed. It, we wrote about what happened in that building. Mm -hmm. And but when we were filming in that building, stuff started to happen. So we well, brought another cool. film crew in to film us filming. And that became the documentary, Spooked the Ghosts of Waver Sanatorium, which sci-fi picked up and then Sony released the film. And that's kind of how we got into the, to the paranormal. See, this is why I love Christopher and Philip, man, because they respect the, the land that they're on. They respect on what they're actually documenting and putting out to people. They're not doing this just to have fun, folks. I mean, they're putting this out there to educate you on what happened. Well, I and believe that if you tell the squeeze, I mean, when it comes to helping them create closure and go to the light and stop someone's agony, mm -hmm. I, the way we hope, hope helps is by telling their story, telling a story that can't be told because they're not here anymore. You know, a lot of, we believe that the ghosts write a lot of the stories that end up in our films because when we're down there, things happen. So we write the story of what happened. So they're kind of like writing the script to our films. That's Even exactly right. In our horror films, it's like that, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, I think the substance in that, you know. Yeah, I'm doing great service to them. I feel like too. Oh yeah, yeah. I've told Phil, I've told Philip and Christopher that ever since I've met them, that I like their documentaries. I, I put their documentaries up against anybody, and I'm not saying that because you're on here, man. I just I I fully believe that in my heart, honestly. When I watch well, your you. documentaries, because it it's I like how you guys do them. They're respected. Well, I'll well, I that. think we try to care. Maybe it's a blessing. I mean, a curse because it takes us a lot longer to do a show. I mean, to do a reality show. I mean, even our documentary, the last one, the attached, which is out now on DVD and it's going to eventually get to streaming. But it's about attached things that you bring home. Sure. And things that you find or things you inherit or things you pick up at a secondhand store. It's just some sort of a whether it's a a good attachment or a bad attachment to it from a tragic moment or from a, you know, a nice moment, it could rub off on you. And that's how that started with all that. And it was actually very serious because I had picked up some very serious objects for the attached. And I don't know if you know about the attached. Um, the attached is about seven stories about people bringing things home and what happens to them. And, um, whether it's dolls that have real human hair that belonged to the children died and the hair was sewn on the dolls. Now the dolls have become them and oh. you have them. Or say an exorcism box from the real exorcism of Annalise McKell, which is a real, the real Emily Rose. I have that in my basement. Oh, wow. And wow. so we wrote a story about it and we told the story what happened when we opened it and how it changed my life. And then, you know, we tell the story of what really happened to Annalise McKell, which is more of a, a story of faith than a, a horror story, because she believed in what happened to her so much she was willing and she did die for it, because mm. she died in that exorcism because she really wanted to. And so, you know, there's some very deep stories and, um, redemption behind these things, you know, um, whether it's uh, a painting found in 
John Wayne Gacy's Amour and some people get that Amour and they hear clown now in their bedroom or whatever it may be, oh, wow. it's freaky shit. So we went around getting these stories and, and filming and investigating and, and uh, trying to break it down, what really happens with attachments. And it's a great title and that's called The Attached and it's out now on DVD and it will eventually hit streaming. And um, I have a book that also corresponds with it called My Haunted Attachment, which actually is in, e even further from where that movie lays off because it talks about what happened to me when I uh, got um, an attachment in a place called St. Albans Sanatorium, which is in Radford, Virginia. That's an incredible place because they have like 14 real isolation cells there. Mm -hmm. And they let you stay in there and do your thing, but they're full of a lot of interesting energy. And that place had, um, that one of the most famous stories there is a, a patient hung herself in the suicide, they call it the suicide bathroom now. And she had a baby that she had hidden in the wall that was dead. And so we did a whole, you know, tried to find out what happened and did an investigation and, and came up with some incredible evidence and the story unfolded right in front of your eyes as we even reenacted it with a, a, a girl that hung her, you know, we had an actress who hung us, who went ahead and, you know, did the reenactment of hanging him. But when we were doing that, what happened then was even crazier. So we kind of, you know, I had to really realize what was going on. Of course, that was the attachment that I felt I got, which kind of changed my whole life. It so does, man. Yeah, yeah. I've done it for six or seven years. And then after I got attached, uh, it, it changes your life. It, it just, you, you don't want to do it no more. You, you, even, even the thought of even trying to investigate again, just is no. <laughs> you know, you're, you're on that fence. And, and when you finally get rid of it, you know, the pressure's off you. It's a total different atmosphere around you. Um, and it, it is, but, I mean, you know, hopefully if, if you're a solid person and, you know, the, the entities, the spirits on the other side know whether you're a good person or a bad person. They know if you're there to exploit them, have ulterior motives, and just, you know, pretend that they're all demons when they're not or whatever. Mm -hmm. Pretend every place you go into is possessed, which it is not. Exactly. I mean, you're talking less than not even 10% possessions are real because a lot of it's all mental situations. Yeah. I've done this for a long time. I did the real, ex we were the first ones to go in the real exorcist house, which was blew me away. That no one had ever gone in to the real exorcist house and did a paranormal investigation. And we did in 2010 went into the Rue Exodus house and filmed an investigation and talked to the it's real people. It's in Washington, D.C., isn't it? You know. The what, Rana? Was it in Washington, D.C.? Is that where that's at? Uh, Maryland. Maryland is where, yeah. where the boy was born and started. But the fascinating story is we had got a copy of the diary, which I have a book called The Exodus Diary, which is actually the real Exodus Diary that is that diary that I released with the mm -hmm. commentary of what happened to us when we went into that house because Discovery Channel did Exorcism Live um, a couple of years back and they went back to that house and I went back there with the diary and to the, with the network and we tried to figure out they wanted to try to do a, 
a blessing on the house, which, you know, was interesting. But um, it's actually in St. Louis. Um, oh, okay. In, um, Normandy, not necessarily, Normandy, Missouri, which is in, just a, so off of St. Louis, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it's a house that's there. And um, it's the uncle's house. And the, when the boy was um, getting so violent, there was no place to keep him in 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 Maryland at all. So they moved. They he got scrap. He got uh, he has scratching across his uh, chest that said Lewis. If you know the movie Exorcist, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. I think it says Help Me, but in this it actually was Lewis. And they also took that as a sign to take him to St. Louis. And then they put the boy inside this house while he waited for the Election Brothers Hospital, which is still down there, to, to you know, uh, have him commit him in. Because he was violent. And at that time, there was nobody that was taking violent people. Um, there, there's a lot. Back in 1949, there were, you know, op uh, opoid, uh, not opoids, um, opium and different kinds of stuff like that that were making people crazy and different mental things like that. So they put him there and, and he stayed at this house until he became so out of control, they moved him to that hospital. So this is a house that we went to um, document and the hospital and actually went in the house with a bed. You know, like in the movie, The Exodus with a bed would have risen mm -hmm. or, you know, right. we filmed that house in that bedroom. How was the how was the vibe though going into that? I mean, you, you've got to. I know all this is rushing through your head about hey, we're going to the actual exorcist house, at, you know, versus real and TV. You know what I mean? To where you have to psychologically mm -hmm. tell yourself, hey, let's just go to the house, see what happens, and go from there. You know what I'm saying? Because it could really mentally mess with you. Well, for me, it was a buzz because I mean, I saw The Exorcist, you know, as a teenager. And it sure. was one of the most disturbing pictures, films I've ever seen. In some senses, it still is, except the special effects is very outdated now. But, mm -hmm. but the concept, you know, of a, of the entity attacking a young girl, not just demonically, but sexually in every any other way, is very disturbing in general. And it questions mm -hmm. questions your faith. You know, why would God, you know, let this and, you know, the power of the fight. And, and we interviewed the Vatican and we interviewed some of the people that were, uh, we, we actually interviewed the real great um, granddaughter of the real exorcist. And we interviewed the family of the real boy, because it was a boy, not a girl. It happened to, which a couple mm -hmm. months ago, by the way, he just passed. I think he yeah. was. 80 years old or something close to that. He was 86, yeah. He was 86. He just died. But, um, you know, the stuff that we found out through the interviews with the families was very, very overwhelmingly, wow, that's really cool to get that kind of background to the most scary story ever done. To go in the house, I wore a black coat, a black hat, and had a black bag because I wanted to knock on the door have the door open and I'd be, you know, have that vibe of the, and I did, we filmed that and the door opened up and I looked up to that long stairway and, you know, ah, you know, coming out of the bedroom, mm -hmm. which, you know, that's went through my mind. Mm -hmm. So when we walked up to the bedroom, it was very trippy. And 
there was still a bed in it and there was scratches on the floor and scratches, all kinds of stuff. But it was crazy. And um, we got a lot of really dark evidence there. And yeah. um, one of our investigators got a, a X burnt in the side of his neck. Oh, wow. Like right down like here and uh, form of a cross, which if you know the diary that happened to the boy too, the boy got a numeral X, which is a crucifix because it was after you really, originally he got crucified that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then they moved it up because it fell over. But um, the originally that's how they were crucified. But that was all over, you know, our investigator and we got incredible dark um, masses and EVPs through the roof, disturbing ones like oh, wow. I am lesion. Um, you know, ones that you can't just go home and go like, well, we can't blow that one off. That one says I am legion, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gee, and, and to think about it, man, the entity's still there today and you're getting EVPs from, you know what I'm saying? I mean, look how long. Well, That's, wow. it's tragic what happened. There. It is. You know, and nobody really knows the true story of why Discovery even did a exorcism live in that house. I think they did it 2015. I think they did. I can't remember when yeah. we did that. But they were blessing the bedroom because the owner was trying to bring a baby into the bedroom. His girlfriend was pregnant. They were going to have, they're going to turn into a nursery. The yeah. exorcist room was going to be a nursery. And I'm going like, what? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's you know, you're on your own if the kid is like crawling on the ceiling, right? I mean, yeah. it's going like, this is crazy. So they brought mm -hmm. in James Long to and Chip Coffey to, you know, help bless this house. And they filmed it. And that's how Exism Live was born. And I watched it. I went, none of the network would go into that house when we filmed. They were great. Don't yeah. get me. Discovery was fabulous. They're great people. Professional. They spent over a million dollars worth of production with trucks and everything, satellites. Mm -hmm. It was a live production. It was incredible. It was like a major motion picture down there. But none of them would go into that house. I watched I it. Did, but I did. I went back in. Do and you that know? That's what really struck me. Do, do you um, know, Christopher, if they're still having anything go on today in that house that you know of? Well, I can only tell you my feeling because I. When I went back, I, I think we did it in 2000. We actually filmed in 2009. Mm -hmm. And then we filmed Exorcism Live, I think 2013 and 2014. And then Discovery Destination America bought our title or licensed our title. And then they released it right after we did Discovery, that Discovery show. But when I so what I'm saying when I went back there it was ten times as worse as yeah. it was when I was there. Oh wow! And I walked in and I tell you why I would never go. And I don't know if you guys agree with me or understand what I'm. I'm sure you understand what I'm feeling. If you've had any kind of a concept with a dark entity, mm -hmm. what it really is, or even a true possession is, um, which is one of the worst kinds of because I mean obviously your attitude, personality changes. You know, temporary kind of stuff. Starts, but yeah. what you feel in that house is, you know, when you see something dark, you don't necessarily see it. You feel it, and what that is, is no hope, no faith. Everything you like, you don't like anymore, and you can't 
get into anything. Nothing makes you happy. You're miserable. That's mm. what you get from that house. You walk in there and you are miserable. You fight with everybody, you cause arguments. You, you find nothing looks pretty to you anymore. Everything is ugly. And that's what is in that house. And I, when I came out of that house, I said, I'm never going back in there again, no matter what. Because I went in there at lunchtime when all the grips and everybody's crew was sitting outside on their long tables. I think it was a crew of 30 people or more. I came out and then they were ready to film me and I went, oh my God, I just went through the whole thing and now I got to be filmed. And I was like, oh, I don't want any part of this, you know, it's mm -hmm. just too, ne I mean, so negative, it's almost a bipolar vibe where you would then go commit suicide or do something very terrible, mm -hmm. you see. And that's how, you know, if you listen to William Bradshaw, who was also part of the Vatican um, on The Exodus File, which is an old movie. That's how he says the devil gets you, is he creates such an energy with you and creates so much havoc in your life that it just snowballs until your life is over because he knows that you're there to do something good. So he'll do everything mm -hmm. he can to stop you from doing something good. And he will cause you to become a drunk, a drug addict, a child molester, Whatever happens, just to stop you so no one will listen to you, no one, you cannot go on with your life anymore. You know, we see it a lot in the film business now. We see a lot of it, you know, going with Marilyn Manson, and I love Marilyn Manson, but it's crazy shit. I mean, because everybody knows Marilyn Manson is Marilyn Manson, but, you know, there's a line that you need to draw on respect, you know, and you see these people, why all these people continuing topping over, you know, and, and some that's maybe you're hanging out with the darkness too much. It's, it's about balance, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he dated some of the most beautiful women ever. And I'm like, what is, what's wrong with you? <laughs> just yeah. stop him. Like, dude, stop, you know, just get well, control. I think if you dated Marilyn Manson, you could expect the worst anyway. Yeah. I love Marilyn Manson's That's music. what I said. I was like, who goes out with Marilyn Manson and doesn't think there's going to be some weird sex shit going on? Like, would you be surprised? I would not have, not have been surprised. Um, anyway. But no, I agree. That uh, you but you kind of um, get what you want to get out of Marilyn Manson, but I, I love his music. It's a shame. I it's too. much a shame. I think but lyrically, anyway, that's, he's a so that was one of the darkest cases that we've ever done. Man, I love. Good, Rihanna. So you said that you um, recorded it as Exorcist Live and then Discovery bought the licensing to it. And so if someone wanted to watch it, like I've never seen this that you're talking about. Um, would it oh, still, how um, would somebody be able to go watch that? I don't know. Well, they, they licensed it in 2014. They actually bought, um, they licensed four of our titles. They licensed Spooked, Children of the Grave, The Possessed, and The Exorcist File back in 2014. I think that the license is over, and I'm not sure if they're still playing it, but we, we're streaming it on our websites. We have a mm -hmm. Spook TV SpookTV-OD.com, and we used to have it, it was like, we used to have, we sold so many of the DVDs because it came with the diary, mm -hmm, we sold it with the copy of the real diary, mm -hmm. so I have a, the book, it's called The Exodus Diary, which is on Amazon, 
and also um, you can get it from spooktv.com, which you get the book and um, you know whatever. But you can get it on our. You can see it on our website now because I think it, okay. the rights have reserved back, uh, gone back to us now, so it's up there right now. Okay. It's so incredible because when ex when the when Discovery got our show though they cut an hour out of it. Oh wow. They, so they turned it to an, an hour show, which, you know, I get it. It's cool. They did a great job, and they were fabulous to work with. But the things that you miss out of the real show that we did is that when the boy was possessed, he would write on his sheets what the devil told him to do. We show you those sheets. Wow. You know, we show you what happened to the furniture in the room. Like when the, he left the hospital... And um, he was, you know, basically exercised. And then the hospital room, what did they do with the bed? What did they do with the table, the chair? Where did it go? Mm -hmm. Because they found the diary in the drawer. That's how it all started. And then he tried to pull down the fifth floor of the Lex. You can go to the Lexington Brothers Hospital. They knocked the fifth floor down. But as they kept on, the ball, the wrecking ball kept missing. It wouldn't hit the room he was in. Oh, wow. And then when it did, a black cat came leap, like a big, big black cat came leaping out of the window and disappeared. And he, they believed in it so much, a priest actually blessed the wrecking ball before it hit, hit the building. <laughs> and they'll tell you that, some of them won't even tell you that it happened in there. But if you go in the gift shop, you'll see it. They sell the book of what happened mm -hmm. there. So it's, it's quite funny, but... But, um, you know, it's, it's still a very powerful thing. The house is still there. It's all there. But we show you, you know, the cracks in the driveway that happened in the hospital when the boy, the boy was actually really levitating in the hospital. He never, you know, he never turned his head around. He never had that vomit was not overpowering like it is in the movie. But a lot of hey, it green did happen. Soap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, green soup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wasn't like, you know, food po poisoning or Walmart yeah. food poisoning. No. <laughs> but but uh, it's an incredible show. I'm really proud of it because we were blessed to be the first ones to go in there and tell the story. And then after that, Ghost Adventures went in, of course. And then um, Tenthi Rastasius went in there after us. And they both licensed stuff from our show. Mm -hmm. So um, what I love about our show is we actually interview the real people involved. So you get mm -hmm. to hear it from them. You know, you get to hear from the family, like the, the ex-wife of the haunted boy, what, he's, what she says. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he, she explains him. That's you know, it's creepy. It's really creepy stuff. And I have a copy of The Real Diary still uh, in actually in my basement. I have a museum in my basement. Kind of goes on the road. Mm. That's what the Haunted Bazaar started. If you see the Haunted Bazaar, that's how the Haunted Bazaar mm. started when I was getting real props from movies. So yeah, we're going to we'll talk about that here in just a little bit too. Yeah. I, got, I got all kinds of questions for you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> what documentary pushed Philip and yourself to your limits, either emotionally, physically, and when do you have to say, I need to step away for a while and take a break on this because it's getting, you know, before it takes control of you? Well, I kind of went through that. And I, I don't really, 
I kind of have talked about it a lot uh, the last year, but I was married for seven years and we did the attached mm -hmm. and through the very last, it took four years to do. It was a very heavy, we're dealing with a lot of heavy stories, but I felt I got an attached and I ended up in the hospital Whether you know, and I'm not going to say that put me in the hospital. I'm not because I don't know. Right. They found something growing inside of me. And they didn't know what it was, and they still don't know what it is. They pulled it out, but it had stem cells and weird things like that in it. But they didn't know what it was, but it happened right after I got the attachment. But I'm not saying that is because that sounds, you know, that I'm not pointing at that way. It could be a great right. coincidence. I'm better, so I'm healthy, so it's not like a neg I don't look at any of it negativity. Um, my ex-wife, because we got divorced after that show, she got attached, or she felt she got attached, and she felt Rebecca, when you see the attached, which is an incredible show, uh, it attacks my ex-wife, and then she then now sees that Rebecca in our bedroom at night, followed her home, enough to change her whole um, way of thinking, and then she had some medical problems. And um, COVID hit at that point. So it was like, oh, that was just mm -hmm. a nice icing under the cake. And um, mm -hmm. uh, it just, we couldn't work it out anymore. So we went our separate ways and it changed me. You know, um, I felt I needed to get rid of a lot of the darkness, not because it was killing me because I wasn't balanced and that's really what you got to be, you know, and I, we were just working so hard and getting this show finished. I'd forgotten about, you know, beautiful roses and beautiful people and it was hard, you know, so, you know, I needed that back, but I needed to be around that, you know, and it's funny because I lost a lot of weight. If you watch the film, the attached, you'll see me uh, 20 pounds heavier. And then as I get to the end of the film, I'm totally different. And then, of course, I, I, I um, covered myself with a lot of spiritual tattoos. Um, I mean, over 57 of them, actually, within three weeks. A Buddha, um, you know, Shiva, um, all kinds of stuff. I'm just covered in beautiful, um, what's the word, um, spiritual uh, reminders. Not, not necessarily crucifix. I'm talking like, you know, Shiva, um, uh, Buddha, uh, just beautiful, you know, third eye stuff that was bigger than life. And mm -hmm. it changed me. And then I heard a voice that told me that I must change everything and stay on course. And, you know, because it was hard. I just got divorced and it wasn't my idea. So it was, it hurt. You know, I went through a lot of different things, but it made me a better person because I'm a kind of person that believes what happens to you is meant to happen to you. The universe works for you, not against you. Mm -hmm. So once you start feeling sorry for yourself, which obviously people do when they get hurt, you can... Um, uh, Christina Rake, Bishop Christina Rake, if you know who she is, she's incredible. She's in a lot of her shows. Basically, you know, you spell it out that whether you believe in Jesus or not, the concept of Jesus is what he had to go through was the most ultimate sacrifice, okay? Well, that's the same concept. You can't get incredible 
evolution without destruction. Mm -hmm. So I became a lot more successful after I went through that business-wise and as a human being. But I had to go through what I thought was going to kill me and literally strip me from everything to do it. Mm -hmm. And that was hard. But sure. thank God I kept through it. And I started hearing voices that were very positive, came out of nowhere that said, you know, you must change everything. And then I'm questioning, they go, well, look at you now. You're on the right track. You, you're good. You know, and I kept mm -hmm. focusing on that and became better. And then I stayed on that course, you know. Crit, yeah. I was just going to say, it sounds like a complete energetic shift, you know, like like your energy just completely shifted, you know, once you heard that voice. And I just think that's I think it bad. had to because, you know, I, you know, the secret is, behind, well, not the secret, but the answer to everything is balance, you know, yep. and, it, and you, to, you know, you need to prove it because you have hot, you have cold, you have wet, you have dry, you have air, you have water, you have everything that is the opposite. You have the devil, you have, you have God. You can't have one without the other. So if you're hanging too much on one side, you're going to get out of balance. And that's when you start to feel shitty. So you need to realize you better balance yourself and pull it back. And, you know, but like I said, I'm glad I went through that because I wouldn't be uh, the person I am now, which is more, far more happier, um, more powerful, more successful, even in business, everything. Um, right after that, we got signed with MGM. We got, uh, we did a bunch of really big commercials. We finished the attach, and now we're working on a brand new horror movie called Never Blink. And uh, it's a great, really incredible, um, huge concept of a horror film that we're, it's going to come out uh, sometime this year. So, I mean, you know, all that happened and all, even COVID, I don't know if you guys follow Eckhart Tolle at all. Hmm. You guys might want to check him out. He's incredible. He's a philosopher. He wrote the book, The Power of Now. And the power of now just means be here, enjoy the moment. That's all we ever have. Tomorrow yeah. will be, ne tomorrow never comes. And yesterday was yesterday. So all we really have is now. So like where we now, we should all be happy. We're just together. And with COVID, it's hard. And I know, you know, it's tough. I, I think I probably had it maybe twice. It's hard to even tell anymore, right? Because you think you got the flu now. Who knows, right? And yeah. the CDC keeps changing the rules and the concepts. And I have no idea what's going on. But COVID can make you humble, too. It can bring us the universe together because we don't just have it. The Americans don't have it. The British don't have it. The South Africans don't have it. The world has it. China has it. Everybody has it. Whatever the conspiracy theory people want to fling, it is real. And you know it's real when you get it. And I have family that have it. I have a lot of friends that have died on it. Um, so it's real. It is very real. And... And all we can do is just take care of ourselves. But it humble is for us to all to come together as a, as a universal one. No left, no right, just one. So we can work this planet out together because the more we fight with left and right together, you have the higher powers overseas 
that are going, this is great. We can walk in now, you know? Sure. We need yeah. to stay together and be universal with every, try to be with everyone so we can live on this one planet. That's, I mean, I'm not going to get into that, but that's part of even how you deal with the paranormal because you, you told, I know I was dying in hospital when I, from the attached. I had something like that big. I woke up with a scar down the entire, and the doctor showed me a picture, and he showed me of me open. <laughs> now, I've never seen a picture mm -hmm. of me on the inside of me before I freaked out. He showed me, and it was right. this big thing that was in the middle, and it stopped me from eating, and it stopped me from being able to go, go to the bathroom. So I was blowing up. Oh, wow. Coming out of me. So I was very humbled, and I was very happy that I was spiritual because when you have your bags, everything in order, you can walk right through that door to the next realm. But when you're frustrated or you're carrying too much cars or too much, you know, materialistic objects, you're going to end up in limbo. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about paranormal here. This is the people that a lot of people that haven't, um, they don't have everything completed or say a, a poor soldier or a poor child especially children or a soldier suddenly got killed and they don't even know what happened. So they're wandering. Yeah. A child that doesn't understand it and you need to help that child realize you've passed. Come on, it's time to move on so you can create this thing. Well, that happens in real life too. You can't move on in real life because you're stuck. Yep. We need people, you know, paranormal, the normal part of it or whatever, to help real people so you can help, you know, you need to help mortal just so you can help the immortals because there's just people that have passed. So, you know, this is a connection I got going through, you know, um, a lot of, I study Buddhism, Zen, uh, religion, all kinds of stuff as well as I'm very much into the spirit world, pagan as well, everything. I believe anything as long as it's good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rihanna, great. There's also like a lot to say about like how trauma can impact things like that. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week with another guest that we had, but there's a really interesting book called The Body Keeps the Score. That's just about how trauma can impact your body. But then when you think about that spiritually too, you know, it kind of, you know, what you've just been saying that kind of speaks to me about that. You know, I've been really into this book lately. Um, you know, just about, you know, just how deeply trauma can affect us, even on a cellular level. Um, Stress is a killer, too. Stress right. is, will destroy everything. And and uh, med why meditation needs to be taught in school. I, I my, my son, who just turned 14, um, I feel so bad, the stuff he's going through. You know, uh, I think it was, what's he... Was Sean Penn said yesterday? I'm glad Sean Penn says I'm glad I'm old because I don't want to, I don't want to be in the way this world is anymore. Well, I'm glad I went through you know, the the '70s '80s because they had great music. But <laughs> you know, I'm glad I was there. But what's fucking happening now is fucking out of control. Exactly. You know, I, I I'm not going to get into wrong or right. You know, and I, I don't want to do that, but. I, I got a polio shot vaccination, okay? And I just wanted to war. I did not want a war, so I took it, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, I guess, what everybody, I understand where everybody's going with everything, 
But all I think we need to do is try and save the world, you know? So let's talk about your Haunted Bazaar Valentine's auction. Man, I saw you on Facebook <laughs> the other night showing all that that swag, as I call it, those necklaces and those. Well, the Haunted, Biz- the Haunted Bazaar is um, a lot of spirited dolls, um, exorcism boxes, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Um, uh, has a lot of jewelry, um, pagan, witchcraft, uh, Viking, which, you know, yep. lots of Viking stuff. <laughs> and um, uh, all that cool stuff, and it start, some of it starts at five dollars. It's just an auction, and you bid what you want and win it, you know. And it's and all the stuff is beautifully one of a kind, and it's a lot of it's very very powerful. There's witchcraft, there's voodoo stuff there. There's uh, ghost babies, which are from Thailand and from Tibet big statue babies that they worship over there. So it's kind of like a collection of stuff. I have so so much stuff that, you know, um, hey, let's move some of it, you That's know. Cool. So it's happening this weekend, starts Friday till Sunday. Uh, it's a Facebook Live event. You just go ahead and tune in. Go to the event page. Go to the discussions tab and put in what you want to pay for it. And if it's... The highest bid you got it. That's all there's to it. Man, he he's he showed this silver dragon head necklace last night. I was like, that's badass. Oh, it is. And I'll tell you, all those necklaces, though, they're, they're made with incredible quality. They look and A lot of the men's, especially, are, are very weighted. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, like biker type jewelry, but not cheap. It's very d- well done and carved. And the beautiful, I had some beautiful, um, necklaces for you know angel necklaces and um onks and i mean everything it's just gorgeous it's i pick it out because it talks to me and you know i have another store called saint Bahalo, which i was obviously got into a big viking thing for a while um and i sell runes as well so it's just another thing i do but it's all very powerful stuff and it's it's uh priced so that you know, people can afford it and, you know, they can enjoy it as well and, you know, without spending a lot of money. So it's just, yeah, that uh, that stuff is really cool. I mean, I want to, like, wear every necklace I got, you know. I want to keep one of every <laughs> mm-hmm. one I have. You know, I would be like, you know, like a big rapper with all these hundreds of necklaces on me. Big chains. Yeah, but it's, it's very cool. It's just part of the power and the spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, they... I mm-hmm. I pick it out. People get it for a great price, and then everybody's happy. You know, it's just one of the things we do. And because you know, my new book is out, my haunted attachment, which is the in depth what happened to me on the attached, which is our new show that's out right now, and you can get that at Amazon Prime. And also through me, autographed. It comes with a free poster, yeah. which is pretty cool. So. So I got to ask about Children of the Grave and Children of the Grave Part 2. Working on these films, I mean, you guys brought some amazing evidence. Uh, for folks who have not got to watch these, do yourself a favor. Go watch them because they're very informational. Um, especially in the very first uh, documentary of that one, you've got the photo uh, of like the hill. And you've got all these kids, man, are lying. It blew my mind because at first I didn't catch it. Then I had to go back and watch it. I was like, oh, my fucking God. They're every one of them, like, lined yeah. up all over. And the other thing about it, 
was that you guys caught that huge hand that was down in that basement when Keith was down in the basement with you guys. Yeah, that that had a really bad energy, and that need Children of the Grave One is that that sin. That was the one that was on Sci-Fi, and then mm-hmm. uh, Destination America picked it up. <clears throat> you can you can watch that again on our on our streaming channel, Spook TV uh, ODcom um, un, unedited. And the kids on the 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 on the mound was incredible because that was a photograph that was sent to us, and I went. That's bullshit. It's too incredible. All these little shadows standing on a uh, mound up on a hill, mm-hmm. which would be very hard to get. And they're very like about that, you know, that big. And they have kind of obligated heads, which is kind of interesting, too. And it doesn't reflect in the water, the rainwater from the river that flooded. There's no reflection of them. I don't know if you noticed that neither, mm-hmm. which is very weird. So we went down there to look for them. And after two days, we got a lot of single shadow people. And then right at the very end, the thermal imager caught the exact same layout, not in the exact same place, but very close to it. And there was all these shadow figures that were rocking back and forth. And then yeah. you looked and you realize, you know, nothing is there. Nothing created that sh- could create that shadow, like a bush or a tree mm-hmm. or even a segment that would create a cold spot, because what shadows are and thermal imagers. And there was nothing there. And then you looked in your film image and there's all these little black things shaking, going back and forth like this. And then the EVPs were crazy. And yes. Yeah, that show, I remember going back to the hotel after catching that and falling on the bed and going like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, right? And when, the more you start to find that it's real, yeah. then you can't sleep anymore. Then you're, you're energized. And that's what I love about the paranormal compared to really where it's kind of gone because now it's just like a lot of um silliness if you know what i mean mm-hmm. i got you and I lies you. and ratings and i mean i'm not want to get that way because i mean obviously you know television's important for people that do it for that there's reason. a difference in entertainment and investigative i think for sure oh yeah and, um, it is but there's far too much of the I don't know, you know, the entertainment is, is, is nothing. A quick story, when we did The Possessed, I don't know if you saw that. That's also on our streaming site. Yep. That also played on Sci-Fi, Chiller, and um, Destination America, um, and Discovery Channel. But I think the license is run out right now, so we have to go to our streaming channel right now. But anyway, um, I was going to say The Possessed was interesting because we interviewed, like, I think six or seven children that said they were possessed. So we put them in, they never met each other, so we interviewed them separately from different states and asked them what it felt like when they got possessed, when they wanted to hurt themselves or hurt others. And they pretty much said the same things. Well, they all were, first of all, they all were cutters. They all were bleeders. I'm not saying that is a sign of that. I'm just saying they were. They all listened to very death-type metal music. Not saying death metal music is that. I'm saying that's what they did. And they all mm-hmm. moved down into a dark concept, whether they blocked their windows out or they moved into the basements. They needed darkness. And then one thing that really, when you talk about entertainment purposes, there's nothing more entertaining than finding out this fact. I asked them what, it, what went through their mind when they would, you know, they would cut themselves or they wanted to kill their parents, some of them. 
And they all said the same thing. And I, it's very haunting. They said that when they felt that come on, that they heard the sound of marching drums, the sound of a trumpet, or the sound of an army. They all said that. Yeah. And none of them knew each other, met each other. And I went, that's incredible. They'd all say this same thing. But mm -hmm. that's not the punchline. The punchline is I had heard that before. When Ronald Hunkler, the real exorcist boy, was possessed, mm -hmm. he heard the sound of marching drums, the sound of an army, and the sound of a trumpet. That's in the 1949 diary. So here that happened in 1949, and here these kids are telling me this in 2009. That is entertainment. Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. If that don't connect the dots, then I don't know what will. You know, that is real evidence of and then something. You tie, you tie in that term of legion, too, which is a military term. I mean, like it all just yeah. kind of comes full circle. That's exactly. correct, and I'm glad you brought that up because... That exorcism is a, is a military term. Possession is a military form. And legion is an army. Not to mention, in the Bible, it states that, I think yeah, it's when Jesus was the many. first, did the first yes. exorcism. But when mm -hmm. it states, it says, and I'm, I don't quote me, but it's something about you will hear the sound of an army. You will hear the sound of marching drums. So you can connect that to whether that is an, a warning that darkness is coming, or it is a sign of faith that we're going to back you up. Mm -hmm. You see, either way, they all heard this when this was happening, whether it was a sign that, you know, possibly faith is going to help you and save you, or it's a sign of legions coming. We don't know, mm -hmm. but it was very fascinating to, like you just said, yes, military term. Very fast. That is why we do it. That's why we do a lot of research and connect all the dots and find out the roots are far more important than the tree branches. Yeah. You know? And that's why I like the way you guys do your documentaries. I'm not knocking anybody else out there. I just like your guys' flavor, a cup of tea, as I should say, because I just like how in-depth that you guys go beyond what you should. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate mm -hmm. what you guys well, do. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we, ours don't get like made like in three weeks. It takes years. No, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that took about two weeks, buddy. Yeah, we're done. We're gonna do another next week. <laughs> yeah, we're in and we're, we're in and we're out of here. <laughs> hey, next show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope, Christopher? Everyone takes away while watching any of these documentaries in general, man. What What do you hope they get from it after they watch it? Um, it's easy to inspire. We did a show mm -hmm. called Soul Catcher, which was about the first Americans, Native, uh, Amer uh, Native Americans. Um, and it was basically, um, we went to their boarding schools, their haunted boarding schools where they were ripped of their, of their spirits. They cut their hair, they killed their native tongue, and they were made to be a white man they didn't want to be, and they had no choice. Over eight million were murdered. It was the first genocide way before the Holocaust. Um, mm -hmm. We did a show called Soul Catch, and we were, I was very proud to let the Native Americans tell this story, bitter or not bitter about it, but they were beautiful to work with. We were loud on the reservation, the Arapaho and Apache worked with us, and we did a, 
a ghost hunt together. It was incredible. That's called Soulcatcher. That is on Amazon Prime, by the way. Children of the Grave 2 is on Amazon Prime. And um, you can also get it on all streaming channels. But anyway, um, it was inspiration. And what we got out of that one is that I got over a 1,000 Native Americans writing me, thank you for giving us a voice. No one would tell the true story of the white man and the Indian because, you know, obviously reasons. You know, the networks would not air that show. Right. Because it was too mm-hmm. political, controversial. controversial. And I love yeah. to do that. You know, so yeah. I just want to inspire you to to help each other and, and and do even paranormal for the right reason. You know, it's mm-hmm. so much crap. Yep. So much falsity, so many and I don't want to get into naming people and who have haunted artifacts that are not even real. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, they know that too, or mm-hmm. do things they've edited and put out that's not even true. You know, I mean, it's just you might as well, dudes. I mean, if you go watching paranormal days, you might as well watch TikTok, okay? Because it's about the same validity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm being honest. I love like Discovery does a lot of great shit. National Geographic History Channel, you know, and we try to stay in that direction where it's actually real. It's real stuff that's mm-hmm. documented. And then, of course, there's that, you know, we're down there and we're just sitting there. I mean, I spent weeks in Waverly Hill. We spent three years shooting Spooked and Death Tunnel in Waverly Hill Sanatorium. We kept going back. See, we spent 18 hours a day in the Death Tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw my first um, apparition there. It scared the fuck out of me. I mean... I had never seen really anything like that before. And I caught it on camera. Um, spooked, it's actually mm-hmm. on the behind the scenes. There's a picture of a girl with, that has no eyes standing right in front of me. And there's mm-hmm. a scream on the audio tape. And my intuition told me to take a picture and record it. So I was told mm-hmm. to take it. And that's got me hooked. Yeah. And um, yeah. that's you where you know, got your uh, first EVPs, too, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know as well. Yeah, but that once I was fascinated. I was like looking through every picture. Now there's got to be a ghost, you know, and you got to be yeah. this. It's got to be this, and that was Death Tunnel, right? The movie, the movie Death Tunnel was the motion picture of by Sony Pictures of the movie of Wayville Sanatorium, and um, it was incredible. See. You go and you have experiences. Everybody else goes and has experiences. You know, the only thing that happened to me, man, when I went to Waverly Hill and spent the night, I smelt the bread in the cafeteria, fresh bread. That's it, Chris. Did you go with a lot of people? Yeah, well, there's like eight of us. That was it. You know, our limit for the for the the limit that we had to pay for. I'll say that. It was an overnight investigation. I honestly could have slept there, my friend. You know? I did sleep there and nothing happened. See, I slept there, there many go. times. Yeah. I sat there and I sat, I slept on the floor between four cameras, and nothing happened. But the only thing that did happen, which is pretty incredible, when I got up, I kind of fell towards the wall to get my balance. The wall caved in, and a pair of shoes fell out from a child. No way. And a hairbrush. A no kid had, A kid had hidden one in there back in the forties. So oh, wow. that was cool, and the owner got to keep all that stuff, but. It doesn't happen all the time. No, it doesn't. But then it does. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I think a lot's to do with the people you hang with and who you bring in. Because if you got 
someone that's got a shadow of a doubt that puts that block, I think it's almost like a, you know, um, like a, a shield, you know, you, I'm not saying that you, you know, you're overbeliever, right. but if you just have respect. I mean, when we went in there, we, we bowed and we said, please, can we come in? And we just want you to know that there is a cure. There is a cure now for tuberculosis. You can move on. And yeah. we're here to tell your mm -hmm. story, so please tell your story. I have a book called The Incurable, The uh, History and Haunting of Weaver Sanatorium, which is on Amazon Prime and also on our website. And it has a diary of the patients in the back that they gave me. So I put it in the book. Mm -hmm. So it tells you what really happened there, you know. So, I mean, we kind of, when we tell our story, we kind of know what really goes in. I watch a lot of shows and... They don't really go there, you know. They don't really tell you what really happens and and all that. So I, I'm going to offer this to you right now, my friend, because I respect the hell of you for what you've done. Um, so I'm trying to, to to get a few people to go back to Waverly with me, as I, as I call it, my redemption tour. <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. I just mean I want to go back and experience something. You know what I'm saying? Would you, you want to go, go to? Um, yeah, I don't know. There, I hear they're going through some a lot of problems with the owners right now. Mm. Um, I won't make a comment. You can only on book that. like certain days a year, yeah. Yeah, I won't make a comment what's going on. I have no idea what's going on down there. But St. Alvin Sanatorium is a place you should go. And the owners need help by people coming, and it's very inexpensive. Okay. And it's in Radford, Virginia. And it's um, what's great about – I'm not saying Waverly's great because Waverly is great. Oh, St. Yeah. Alvin's has an interior, though. Waverly does not. Waverly's like walking through a parking garage pretty much. Yeah. It's so clean. Yeah. The outside is very ominous and overwhelming. It's probably still one of the most haunted buildings, I think, in the world, definitely in America. But St. Alan's has a lot to experience in it because it's very heavy. And it went through a lot of different changes to the boys' home, to a Alcoholic Anonymous, to you know, an asylum to all kinds of stuff, but it has these real isolation cells that's still there. That is the paint. They haven't fixed it up. So the paint is peeling. It's like, you know, Tim Burton, when you walk in, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And the vibe is there. And I like that. It, it, I enjoy that. When you clean the place up and I get it, you got to, you lose it. You know, sure. or you start yeah. turning it into a bed and breakfast. So you start, turning it into something it wasn't and it, you know and also i don't know how you guys will you answer this do you not think a place where literally tens of thousands of people have gone is watering down the activity and as far as hitchhikers just going on their own way sure yeah i Come mean on. you got you got all that traffic that comes through and all these entities that are that are there they're just they're just gonna be like fuck this <laughs> Well, I think of it even for myself, like if I'm around a lot of people, then I get drained, you know, like energetically speaking. And if you think about a place like that, that have all these people that are traipsing through having their own things and then pulling that energy away, you know, oh, yeah. like it's not being replenished, you know, like people are just constantly bombarding it. Um, so I could kind of see where that might play in there. Yeah, I think that exploitation kills a place. I mean, I understand you need need the people to help pay for Revenue. fixing the roof and I get all that, as long as that's what you're doing. 
Um, I think, you know, I've gone to a couple shot, we shot at Randolph County Asylum, we shot at the Lemp Mansion, we shot at St. Albans, we shot at Stone Mansion, we shot at Ashmore Estates, we shot at Rhodes Hotel, we shot at, you know, many other places and all of them have something to offer. But we go in with a very small amount of people. I think there's only three of us when we go in there. And we, we, we kind of camp there and get in touch with the place and have a tea party, you know, and not like, hey, you know, push it. Right. You yeah, know, sure. Haunted Hill House, that's an incredible dark place. Um, I went there a while ago, and that's a very dark place. Um, you know, there's just a lot of intense places, and um, we shot our new movie, Never Blink, at a, an abandoned high school, and that was really crazy. Had something in there, I'm not sure what. It was. It looks like something out of Resident Evil. It was fabulous. It was a demolished school, you know, and a church, and it was incredible. So, you know, a Collinwood Art Center, where the Ghost Hunters just went, I think it's airing this month or sometime, but it's an old nunnery from the 18th century, late 18th century. And they built a house in front of this huge nunnery with convent. Mm -mm. And it's, the ceilings are 25 feet tall and Good Lord. always go on and it's beautiful inside. It's restored. It well, actually it's never have it's never really faded. It has the woodwork and the old hinges that are huge, and it has that in great charisma. But it's haunted as fuck. It really is. It's got nuns everywhere. You know that 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 should not be there. You know, and what, um, they have their cells that they slept in because that's what they called them back then, because they devoted everything to devotion. Yeah. You know, um, they had what? slept on straw mats in a, a room no bigger than a cell. Oh, wow. So the energy, the energy of them living and dying it for over 90 years is all over that place. So, I mean, there's all kinds of places you can experience there. You, you know, I don't, wanting to go to a place and hoping experience is such a letdown when you don't do that, you know? Yeah. What was that place called you just mentioned about? the nun Collinwood's Art Center in... Um, Ohio, Colin, I believe it's uh, Collinwood, Ohio. Crit, write that down because I know I'll forget. <laughs> okay, you got it. She's my um, researcher. She's my go-to. They really need help too, and they just they go by. We just shot our new movie there. The whole location's there, and Phil got attacked by a nun there. Oh wow! She wasn't a sexy wow. one. <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty. She was an imaginary dead one, I think. But oh. it was a very heavy experience shooting on film there. It you just mentioned uh, you just mentioned much. two you just mentioned two people that's going to be on the upcoming podcast here. Uh, Martha from Haunted Hill House, she's going to be on here, and uh, my bro Mike Couch, he's the caretaker of Rhodes Hotel. So that's uh yes, I know them both. Martha's a beautiful person. Uh, make sure you say hello to her for me. I we go way do. back, I me and Martha, do. and then Mike is a darling, darling man. I know him very well with Robin Terry. Yeah. Um, Mike's my great pro. people. Mike's yeah, Mike's great. <laughs> I think I'm doing Mike's show next week, actually. I yep, think. next week. Yep, I saw that. Yeah, but um, yeah, well, the Rhodes Hotel, we got a lot of it. The Rhodes Hotel is in uh, The Attached. Okay. Yeah, there's some documentaries I haven't seen. I want to go back and watch The Exorcist one and The Attached. 
The rest of them I've seen, uh, and Soul Catcher. I want to watch Soul Catcher because that just it grabbed me for so. Have you seen the attached? No, I want to go back and watch. The it. attached is great. The attached is streaming on our website, um, SpookTV-OD.com. It's in 4K and HD up there, but um, uh, that's a very heavy show. I think if you're into a good, good balanced paranormal adventure, the attached is great because we start out with the exorcism story of Annalise McKell, and we actually show you her exhumed body. We have the footage of her being exhumed. Oh, wow. wow. And if she is whole after they pull out of the ground in two years, she has not rotted. She is then proven to be a saint or possessed. Yeah. So you get to see what happens. And then it goes to, you know, the different other things, the dolls that died drowning and the doll makers sold the hair to the dolls and the dolls become alive, which... I have those dolls in my living room. No, why? No. This is exactly why I don't do dolls. <laughs> oh, they're really beautiful. They're gorgeous. She blinks a lot herself. And she hates, wow. I take it a scare fest. She hates it. She I would say so. Be there. But I treat them with the utmost respect. I mean, sure. you know, I brush their hair and take care of them. And, and I wouldn't know where. You know, I don't want them to be exploited. And I, we told a beautiful, well, when you see it, the attached, you'll know what I mean. We told a very beautiful, heartfelt story about them. It's not, you know, scary Anna, um, Annabelle stuff like that. It's, you know, truly having something attached that is sad and you, how you need to help. You know, it's a different approach to it, you know. You know, like, you know, you get something and you put it in a museum and then suddenly someone touches it and now they're got sick and they're dying and shit, you know? Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, that's very heavy. And I'm not saying that can't happen. I don't know. I, I just know that um, if you do things for the right reason, it'll work out for the right reason. Exactly. Great. Brianna, you have anything for Christopher before we leave? No, I've enjoyed um, hearing you talk. I'm so excited to watch your stuff that i haven't seen yet and yeah well let me know awesome. you guys what i'll send the link to um you uh, um john and then okay. you can send it to everybody and you can repost it um uh but our shows are up there and I, I know you'll find them very fascinating it's really personal stuff to us you know like off the attach was actually supposed to be launched on discovery in october but Zach did his story about haunted attachments. Have you seen that one? Where Eli Roth did. did I saw this. parts of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's kind of how the attached works. But Oz is true. <laughs> 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 See what you did there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. they're great people. They're great. It's all good stuff. But um, thank you for having me. No um, problem. You guys are beautiful, and hopefully, we'll see each other. Somewhere on the road, um, I'd love to do a you know investigation. Um, yeah, somewhere different. I suggest you guys go to St. Albans. That's what I was going to ask you if I can. Get I don't know it. what area you're in. What where are you guys at? Eastern Kentucky. I'm I'm in Floyd County. I'm right almost right next to Pike County and well, Ohio's closer. It's yeah. like three hours maybe from you. I don't know. And John, I'm but in Lexington, so you could totally swing on by if you need a stop. Yeah, Collinwood's mm -hmm. Art Center is a great place to investigate. If um, you're uh, 
if you're up for it, man, you had the time, I'll let you know a couple weeks ahead of time. We can coordinate schedules and get you to come with us, man. Hang out and do some investigating. Love to have you along for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, it's nice to work with people that, that respect it and take it seriously. No, I mean, not so seriously that it's freaky, but seriously yeah. that it's, you know, we're there to find out what happened and tell the story and help instead of exploit it and, mm -hmm. you know, start a ghost hunting team and try to get a TV show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A lot of times when I mean, I'm not knocking that neither. Because, right. I mean, you have to have everything. But too many people are doing it for the wrong reason and you lost the fact of, you know, like, you know who uh, Barry Taff is? I think so. Not 100%, um, but I think. He's uh, the parapsychologist from the 70s who brought in the entity case. When you start studying people like that and we interview people like that, he's actually in my book, the haunted, My Haunted Attachment, and they're telling you about what happened in the 70s. You know, it's like, you know, kind of like, you know, interviewing Ed and Lorraine Warren. That's cool. You know, and then that's, I love that stuff. And that's where I kind of believe where we want to park our paranormal respect, people that are seasoned, you know, that we trust yeah. and believe in, John Zaffis, you know, those people that have mm -hmm. been there for a while, not just people that are, you know, making quick, because they're cute, they're making quick shows, which is fine too, don't get me wrong. I guess where I'm at right now, that's not what I want to waste, or I don't want to watch junk food. Yeah. I want to watch, right. you know, a nice thick steak or, you know, you know, a nice salad. I don't want to eat McDonald's, watch McDonald's. Yeah. Does that soul make sense? Food. It's the soul food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys are so intelligent and so beautiful. Why would you watch crap? If you're going to do that, watch TikTok, you know, because that's really <laughs> what it is. And, I've always know. said, um, I, I, I've always said when I started doing paranormal research, I was going to be on the fence. I wasn't going to sway one side or to the other side. Is going to be what evidence I had presented to me. Then I can make my decision. I didn't want to know anything about the location because sometimes that 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 messes with you psyche because then you start going down that that road of questions. Yeah, you manifest it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you need to back up and say, "Wait a second, just stick with your standard stuff. Don't oversaturate yourself with all this equipment. Do your basic stuff, and you know, hopefully, and, you'll get something." I know it's something fascinating too. It's also in another book I. I have a book called Paranoia, and it's like, it was the first book I had written. It's up on Amazon Prime, too, but it's my whole life in, you know, in Paranormal. And one thing I found very fascinating is when we use our digital tools like um, Ovilus, mm -hmm. and all those kind of great devices, mm -hmm. which some people believe in and some people don't. I get that. But it's very fascinating that a lot of these things that are picking up possible entities especially if you've known there's a Mary there before and then suddenly it says Mary. That's true. Well, mm -hmm. the fact is there's probably a Mary in every ghost story ever written. I know that. And there's a third mm -hmm. floor everywhere we've ever gone. But the fact is, try going there not knowing there's a Mary there. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. this is true. A lot of these digital devices are actually known to actually read you, to actually read you just not read the app. I mean, we're hoping that our digital devices pick up an entity, right? That's what we hope, right? Whether it's the portal or whatever we're using, right? 
we hope that it's picking up something that's paranormal, the ghost talking, right? Well, it, it, hopefully it does. But keep in mind, if it can do that, it also can get influenced by your mind. It can read your thoughts too. And I've actually, mm -hmm. I've proven that in several shows that it actually can read. So now what I, I knew there was a Mary there. Now it's saying Mary. You see what I mean? So it's not necessarily, it's still fabulous and still intelligent, incredible, but it's actually reading your energy, not the, not the house's mm -hmm. energy. So let me ask you this, because I'm, I'm on the fence about this, Christopher. And I, I don't know whether to buy this device or not to buy this device. And I really, I like it, but I'm, mm, I don't know, is <laughs> the REM pod. You know, could that just be, could it go off just because I ask it to go off and it's reading my vibe? I mean, what's your thoughts on that, though? That's old school, yeah. I mean, those are the old school stuff, you know, that's fine. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. think, to me, the best piece of equipment is a really good tape recorder because there's nothing better than a, if everybody shuts the fuck up and let you not contaminate yeah. your recordings. <laughs> oh, my God. How many ghost hunts do you go and someone's yelling on the second floor and you're going like, how can I do this, right? You go in there mm -hmm. and nobody talks. Like in the possessed, scariest thing ever happened, John Whitman's house, it was Seeker Wonder House, out in Illinois, you go there and you walk in the room and you're walking around with a recorder and there's no children there. You go back to, in Illinois, you go back to Los Angeles, you play back what you did and there's a girl talking on your tape, a little girl saying, mm -hmm. mommy, why is daddy doing this to me? Oh, wow. And there's no children there. There's nobody there but you and a couple of the other guys. You got something so incredible. We had to go back mm -hmm. to the house and try and help because when that was like, you know, that kind of points what was going on in that house, right? Mm -hmm. But um, which is the Bell Witch, the American haunting. You I know, this place. Yeah. You know, incest, uh, molest, all kind of crazy stuff. So. I think everything is valid but to a point, you know, I, I, the flashlight thing is really interesting. I've never been a big believer on turning the flashlight almost, you know, unscrew it yeah. and it gets touched because that can malfunction. But something did happen to me that made me believe in it where I was recording an EVP session when they were doing a flashlight thing. So the person said, if you can, you know, you, you'll hear whatever, make the flashlight go on and off or whatever, right? And it did it. And I'm going, yeah, right. Here we go, right? You know, and I'm going, this is all, this is, seems so silly to me. I mean, but I'm not pulling it down. This is my own feeling. Sure. And I didn't think about it. And I went, okay, no problem. Let's play back the tape and hear if there's any EVPs to when you were asking that flashlight. And this is what's really cool. Mm -hmm. So we played the tape back and there was a girl's voice, an EVP. Not, nobody was talking except I was, it was in between, you know, there's, you know, tight questions. So it wasn't one of them. It mm -hmm. said something. And when that happened, the flashlight reacted to the same reactment as when they were asking the flashlight on the tape recorder. It made the tape, the flashlight do it again at the mm -hmm. same spot. That was fascinating. And then what happened was the EVP came in and then you're playing the EVP back of the ghost in the air. Now that ghost, if the ghost is still there, it's hearing itself. Suddenly the room got 
cold because it built on its energy. So now you got the light going on, which created the voice. The voice, it heard its voice, which created the cold spot. And then informed at that point, hopefully photographs after that, because the energy is building and the concept is when you stick a microphone into a speaker, you get feedback. Mm -hmm. Same concept, mm -hmm. it builds. And I found that very, so record your EVP sessions and then record them when you play them back and watch you have a conversation going on. Yep. Very, very true. Christopher, my friend, thank you for being on here. How can folks stay in touch with you? Everything that you do in these films, how can you do that, my friend? Well, I'm on Facebook, Christopher St. Louis on Facebook. My auctions this weekend, haunted, thehauntedbazaar.com, selling all kinds of fun, cool stuff. Our books and movies are on spooktv.com, S-P-O-O-K-E-D-TV.com. We're all over Amazon Prime. We're on the Sci-Fi Channel. I don't know if we're still airing on Destination America, which is now Discovery Plus. I don't know. If not, we're on spooktv-od.com, where you can scream. Sorry, you can scream and stream everything we have ever done uncut, unedited up there. And it's, it's, I think it's some of the best um, documented and research in the paranormal. I believe when mm -hmm. Spook came out, it started it all because I thought yes. everybody copied what we did. But, you know, so there's still some really great people out there. I mean, Destination Fear, they're, they're, not, they're nice people. I had the pleasure of meeting them and because Jason is a nice chap. He's, you know, but they're still kind of doing the same thing, which for me, if you guys, I know you guys are like me, we got to keep growing and doing something new. That's what's exciting, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah, that's what I, I think we should all do. Let's do something uh, new. Let's do a rave in a haunted place. And we can never can be dancing. <laughs> yeah. I've got some ideas that I want to try. Um, Thank you very much. When we go. For sure. Yeah, you're a pleasure having you on here. Uh, Thank you so much. You, Thank you. All right, Crit, Rihanna, stay on here for a minute. All right, folks. Thank you all for tuning in to we'll Beyond the Paranormal. And uh, hey, folks, next week we've got Daryl Marston, host of the American Ghost Center, and he is also on A&E Ghost Hunters. So he'll be on next Tuesday. For my co-host Rihanna and Creedy Creep Show, Cretina Bays, May May, Day Day, whatever, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. And once again, please subscribe to the Paranormal or Beyond the Paranormal podcast on YouTube and our Facebook page. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you. Yay! That was a good interview.